He's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. Wow, what a crazy weekend, man. Holy cow. I love and I hate long weekends. What's up, everybody? This is Mark K, and uh, you're listening to the Mark K Show. I love long weekends because, I mean, they're long weekends. Who don't love a long weekend? But I also don't like long weekends because I like to work, and I like to do this show, and I like to podcast. And I hate getting angry messages from people saying, are you not... Are you not doing a live feed today? Are you not podcasting? Why are you taking a day off? I'm like, look, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Everybody was off. My kids were off. And when my kids are off, I can't. It's tough for me to like hide in my office and, you know, yell into a yell into a microphone for like an hour and a half. Uh, plus, you know what? We had, we got a lot of fun stuff done. We saw a really amazing movie, which I want to talk about. And of course, we watched all the festivities, uh, all the celebrations, and we talked about, uh, you know, what Donald Trump did yesterday, which was incredible. I don't know if you saw it. I'm going to get to all that. But first, uh, let's talk about the three big things that you need to know today, shall we? Three. three. Liberals killed the circus. It's true. They made the announcement on Sunday. The circus is dead and it's all thanks to the Democrats. Plus, two. Donald Trump is already a stronger civil rights president than Barack Obama ever was. And finally, one. Speaking of Democrats, they are lying liars who lie. I will explain to you all that and more. First, a couple of big announcements. If you are watching on Facebook, hi, how you doing? I missed you too. Uh, if you would, please take a minute and share this with everyone else that's following you. Share this on your Facebook timeline. If you're listening to the podcast, definitely please share it, like it, leave a review if you haven't already. The more people that we can get involved in this incredible daily uh, broadcast, the better it will be for all of us and the more people whose lives we can positively affect. Because let's face it, for the last eight years or so, all of our lives have been pretty negatively affected. So we want we want to be the positive change in the world and the hope that Barack Obama always promised uh, we would get. So we just take a minute. It's really simple. Click the share button. Click the like button. Comment. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we have a bunch of people already jumping on and commenting. I'm going to get to your comments. And this is fun. I got a bunch of listener and viewer email over the weekend. Lots of listener and viewer email over the weekend, which is, you know, it shows me a couple things. Number one, that you guys are listening to the show and enjoying it. And also some of you aren't enjoying it and like to make your, uh, like to make your, <laughs> your thoughts heard. So uh, we appreciate that. I'm going to read some of those and those are going to tie into our discussions. And uh, before we get into the first thing, which is about lying Democrats who are lying liars who lie constantly, uh, I would like to remind you that today's broadcast is brought to you by the 12017 t-shirt January 20th, this Friday. It's the new American Independence Day. It's a day that will alter the course of this country forever and also for the better. You can, of course, remember that day uh, by clicking on the link in the description of this video and ordering your own 120 17 t-shirt. You know, Democrats love 420. Republicans, we love 120. That's going to be the new thing. It's 420, dude. It's 120, dude. 120 time. Righteous. Are you 120 friendly? I am. Oh, that's going to be the next shirt. 120 friendly. I love it. All right. So let's talk about Democrats and how they lie. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember during the election? Do you remember after the election? Do you remember even as even as uh, as recently as last week when uh, Barack Obama was giving his farewell address in Chicago, the best speech he's ever given? Uh, the The recurring theme about the transition of power. Uh, from one president to another, way back when Donald Trump said, you know, I'll look at the end. They asked him uh, during one of the debates. They said, look, are you going to are you going to actually uh, look at the results of the election? Are you going to accept them? And he said, I'll look at them at the time. And if everything seems, you know, up and up, everything seems on the straight and narrow, I'll accept them. But if not, you know, I'll, I'll have to look at it at the time. And what did Hillary Clinton say? She said, well, that's just horrible. That's horrible. The one thing that we've always had in this country is the peaceful transition of power. 
Democrats were all about the peaceful transition of power. Barack Obama last week was saying, you know, we've had uh, some fun times and we've done a lot, but next week we go through the peaceful transition of power. Turns out the Democrats, as much as they talk a big game about the uh, peaceful transition of power, guess what? They don't mean it. How do you are fake news? Fake news. That's what that is. Anytime you hear a Democrat say, uh, we're all, America is, is pri- prides themselves. We pride ourselves on the peaceful transition of power. You know they're lying. You are fake news. Here's how I know. Project Veritas, which is uh, really, I mean, it's an incredible thing what these guys do at Project Veritas. I forget the guy who's in charge of it, but he's awesome. And he goes out and he finds these, he gets these hidden video recordings of all sorts of horror. The last was when they were, uh, do you remember the, the Trump riots in Chicago where people came in, there was Trump was supposed to come speak in Chicago, do a big rally in Chicago. And, you know, those Trump rallies are always fun, full of crazy supporters chanting, you know, USA. Well, it was going to be a big, hairy deal. And of course, Chicago is Barack Obama's hometown. So the Democrats couldn't have Donald Trump coming in there and garnering any kind of support. So what did they do? They went out and they hired field agents and they hired these homeless people. They gave them a shower. They gave them a hot meal, gave them some cash. And they said, oh, here's what you need to do for us now. We're going to we're going to clothe you and bathe you and give you some some money and, you know, a, a, a bottle of, uh, you know, the Patty, Pappy Van Winkle. And all you need to do is go into Chicago and start punching anyone wearing a Trump shirt. If you see a little red hat, just sock him in the face. We just want you to start violent uh, uprisings. We want you to shut down these rallies. And they did it all through the country. They did it all over the place. They paid people to go out and create unrest at what were otherwise peaceful political rallies. And Project Veritas was able to uncover this through various interviews and videos and whatnot. Well, (laughs) they're, they're doing it again, both Project Veritas and the Democrats, because as much as they herald the peaceful transition of power. And as much as they're so excited about transferring power peacefully from one individual to another, and as much as, you know, we should all be celebrating Inauguration Day as yet another thing that sets America apart from other countries where one leader can take over, a, a dramatically different leader with a, a different set of philosophies and, and moral standards, a different agenda, a different vision for the American country uh, and the American dream. We can just say one person says, all right, I'm done. It's your turn. They have some tea. They swear on the Bible and we're good to go. That's what the Democrats want you to believe they're into. But they're not. They are into the opposite. They are into a violent transition. But they actually don't want a transition of power at all. And they're willing to do whatever they can to disrupt that. Here is a here, the Project Veritas. Yesterday, they, or on, the, on the Saturday, rather. Wait. You know, yesterday, yeah, the 16th. They, um, they unveiled their first video in a series. Because that's how they do it. Because, you know, it's better that way. Uh, they, in, in the series of videos that they uncovered of individuals who are hell-bent on disrupting the inauguration and all of the festivities. One of them is the deplorable. You know, there's a lot of inaugural... People think there's one inaugural ball. There's not. There's like a bajillion. Anyone can have an inaugural ball. The president goes to a handful of them. I think Trump's going to like maybe two. But then other every organization, it's just an excuse to throw a party. Like you have a Super Bowl party, uh, you have an inaugural ball. So in D.C., everybody, I mean, I once held an inaugural ball. Nobody came, but I, you know, I did. It was there. It was fun. It was me and it was dancing in a corner with a beer, but it, whatever, you know, all praise George W. Bush. So anyone can have an inaugural ball and a group of people decided to get together and host a deplorable 
cute name, lots of support from Donald Trump supporters, going to be a great event. It's being held at the National Press Club on the 19th. Well, uh, Project Veritas got hold of some videotape of some individuals who aren't happy about this and are looking to disrupt the deplorable in any way, shape, or form. Watch this video. Here are some of the here are some of the clips, and you'll see the names of the individuals. This is why I love Project Veritas too, because they write everything up on the screen. I don't even have to do any work. Listen, here's here's the first clip. The message has to be that you know we do not recognize the city government either. If you try to close this down, we will look for your house, yeah. burn it. We will physically fight the police if we try to clear one of our places. We will go to war. You will lose. Luke Kuhn from the D.C. anti-fascist committee or community or whatever it is, he's basically saying, look, the message has to be not only are we going to disrupt all these events, but we need law enforcement to know that if you try to disrupt our disruption, we're going to go and burn down your house. This is this is not the peaceful transition of power. This, this is this is terrorism. It's uh, illegal. It's all harassment. And now it's also threatening police and arson. It's several laws being broken at one time. And thanks to Project Veritas, it's all being caught on tape. This is this is what's this is what's happening. This is what they're planning uh, in in you know in conjunction with the inaugural activities this week. Now look, they get into more specifics again about the deplorable because the deplorable they know is going to be jam packed with Donald Trump supporters, and I guess they feel that any way they can disrupt it. I don't know what they're thinking is. I don't know if they're doing it just for kicks or if they're bored or if they don't you know if they're out of work or what. I don't know if they think that Donald Trump's going to step down somehow. He's not going to become the next president if you. If you go and invade a, a group of individuals who are trying to dance and drink, I mean, it, the, the two events really are not even tied together. Donald Trump will be the president, even if you can somehow stop or disrupt the the deplorable from happening. But here's here's what they're plotting. Let's I was thinking of things that ruin that ruin the you know ruin their outfits. Uh, yeah, if you had a freaking pint of butyric acid, I don't care how big the building is, it's closed and it's staying closed for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this stuff is, like, it's very efficient. It's very, very smelly. It lasts a long time. And a little of it goes a long way. We painted the original plywood. You all that same stuff. And then I can break the cans with, you take with a plunger, some stiff rubber bands, and a safety pin thing. So all you got to do is pull the pin and press the plunger, the whole pin discharges. We have to, this is the way we have to brainstorm it. What can we do yeah. that will accomplish the mission? So that is bad. Okay. So they, and they keep going on. They're talking about it on and on and on and on. Basically, what they, the butyric acid is the stuff that they make stink bombs out of. They make stink bombs out of this stuff and it smells horrible and it spreads through the air very quickly. And, you know, it can cause people to get sick. It can cause people to throw up. It can cause damage to your eyes and to your nasal passages. And it, it, they're looking, they're thinking of taking a pint of this stuff and they talk about getting it into the uh, HVAC system, whatever they can do, any way they can disrupt this deplorable. And they're thinking, the guy says, I don't care how big the, a building is, a pint of this stuff, that smell gets everywhere. You ruin their night. They are fleeing. They are out in the streets. They are running around. They are not able to do anything. It's genius. It's also flat out terrorism. It is flat out terrorism because you don't know what could happen. If you if you go into a public place where people are jam packed together and you cause any disruptive event that could cause people to run for the doors and get trampled or, you know, jump on each other or get injured in any way, you're bas you're terrorizing them. 
And here are these guys at this noisy bar or noisy restaurant in D.C. plotting to do this to the deplorable, deplorable for no other reason than just to be disruptive. Again, serves no political purpose, serves no purpose uh, in defeating Donald Trump. He's, he can't be defeated. He has won the election. Come Friday at noon, he will be the 45th president of the United States. And it doesn't matter how stinky you make a building or how many events you disrupt. Nothing's going to happen except that you are going to go to jail. And so you might as well stop this and stay uh, outside. Uh, Dorothy Sutton writes, the police need to see this. They have. And the deplorable I saw on their Twitter has taken steps uh, you know, against this, this criminal activity. Here's another thing. They also had a plan B in case the butyric acid didn't work. Here was their plan B. There's usually a piece of like fusible metal or a piece of glass and liquid in the middle below. I need to research and make sure that I, we can actually get them all trigger if we trigger one. Yeah. Who are these grown men who have nothing better to do than figure out a way to make all the sprinklers in a building go off at one time? Who, I mean, why do they have nothing better to do than they went out and they talked about how they were going to case the joint they, uh, in the upcoming segments of the video. They went out to talk about how they were going to case the joint, two of them, because one person can't remember everything, but they thought it would be pretty simple. Uh, after they case the joint, they sent an email. Project Veritas has the whole thing in their video. And they said basically, oh, it, it's pretty easy. We should be able to get all of the sprinklers to go off simultaneously, thus wreaking havoc on the deplorable and sending all these Donald Trump supporters who are just there to, to have a good time. Not even They're not even marching or anything. This is a closed private event for people to celebrate uh, their candidate winning the presidency to celebrate the inauguration of Donald Trump. And they want to turn the sprinklers on these people and have them run out in the street. It's just ridiculous. And it's, again, as I mentioned before, it is domestic terrorism. So the, oh, there's no audio on those guys. No sound for plan B. All right. Well, you could, you could, here's the thing. You could read it anyway. Here, we'll, uh, we'll play it for you again. He says, I'm trying to think through how to get all the sprinklers to go off at once. There's usually a piece of like fusible metal or a piece of glass with liquid in it that will blow. Um, again, I'll, you know what? I'll link, I should probably link to the project Veritas video in the comments here. And that way you can, uh, that way you can go ahead and read it. Yeah. A Joey V they're going to cause money and uh, damage to the building. That's exactly right. It's all just the only thing that's going to happen is that these guys are going to go to jail. And if they go to jail, there's, there's, they have no one to blame, but themselves, of course they won't do that. They're going to blame who? Donald Trump. They're going to blame the deplorables. So this is what's happening at the inauguration. In fact, I was reading another article today about all of the activities that are happening this Friday and Thursday and all the people from all over, not just this country, but international countries who are coming to Washington, D.C. in an effort to disrupt the inauguration. There's going to be like spies everywhere. There's going to be police activity. I was packing for the event yesterday and I'm thinking, God, I'm totally unprepared. I don't have any Kevlar. I don't have a gas mask in case, you know, some kind of butyric acid attack goes off in the building I'm standing in. I don't have any kind of terrorism countermeasures. I hope to God that the Secret Service and the D.C. Parks Police are ready and prepared, which I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, you've got you've got people from all walks of life coming, saying they're going to jump the fences and they're going to light fires and they're going to turn cars over. And the bikers for Trump are already headed to D.C., claiming that they're going to form a wall of meat. It's an interesting 
That's an interesting way to describe it. They are going to form a wall of meat to keep out all of the infidels. Donald Trump even tweeted back to them. And I, I'm trying to get, here's the thing. I'm trying to get a lot of people on the on the show. Uh, there are a lot of short notice. I'm trying to get someone from Project Veritas. I'm trying to get somebody from the Deplorable because they're already pursuing legal action. And they've contacted the uh, DC police about these videos. And I'm trying to get somebody from... Uh, I'm pr- trying to get somebody from the Bikers for Trump movement because they're great. They were at the uh, convention in Cleveland. There were tons of them. And they were just tro- cro- cruising around on their bikes. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have planned. I don't care what you think you're going to accomplish. When you see a a large group of bikers on their motorcycles in their leather vests and their beards and their, and their big guns, whenever you see a large group of bikers standing somewhere, you automatically stop and hesitate and think, is that some place I really want to go? Is that, is that an area that I really think I should? Even when I was in Cleveland, number one, I know that I was on the same side as these guys. And number two, I knew that I wasn't doing anything bad. I was just walking around with a microphone and a video camera trying to get trying to get some audio and video clips. But even I paused. I was walking toward the park where all the protesters were, and I see these bikers, and I stopped in my tracks. I go, whoa, do I really want to do I really want to go over there? Even though I was like, hey, you know what? They're on my side. So we're cool. We're good to go. But the bikers for Trump are headed to DC and they are going to uh they're gonna add that that second wall of protection for all of the supporters and all of the people who are just there to celebrate the peaceful transition of power from one party to another. Again, those are not the Democrats, whatever they may tell you. All right, that's part one. Oh, by the way, I should point out too the deplore box. The Deplore Box, still up for grabs. If you have not yet, uh, this is the Deplore Box, and I just wanted to get my hair cut today. Please no, I do actually, I get it cut this way because otherwise it looks stupid. Uh, but uh, but I was talking to the guy who cuts my hair, and he said, just bring me back anything from D.C. And I said, no problem. I'm going on a shopping spree. I'm, I have to fill the Deplore Box. And uh, the Deplore, Deplore Box is going out to one lucky person who subscribes on iTunes to the podcast and writes a glowing five-star review. So if you haven't yet done that, uh, this is all a way for me to bribe myself into the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. So if you haven't yet done if you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you haven't written a review or subscribed or downloaded all the articles or all the uh, episodes, please do that quickly and you will be you will be uh, in, in the drawing for the Deplore Box, which will be full, filled again with T-shirts and hats and tchotchkes. And we already have the Donald Trump talking pen in there, which a lot of people, uh, tons of people are saying, I just want the pen. Here, let me show you this again. This is the Donald Trump talking pen. I will be the greatest president that God ever created. Yeah, that's already one of the items in there. And like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill it in with a bunch of other stuff. So please go to iTunes and uh, check that out. All right. Let's talk about part two of this. Uh, And we need to talk about Donald Trump and the civil rights movement because Donald Trump yesterday on uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday or the celebration of, of Martin Luther King Jr. in his memory had a meeting with Martin Luther King. Well, okay, two big things happened. Yesterday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I took off work, which I don't usually do. Usually we work it and then we take another day off somewhere else. But I took it off and it was one of the most inspiring experiences I've had in a long time for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday or really any holiday. And that's for two reasons. Number one is I went to go see a movie with my kids called Hidden Figures, which was a phenomenal movie. It was so great. 
It was, I'm not going to give away too many spoilers, but you know, you should, I mean, if you've seen the previews or if you've read anything about it, you kind of have an idea of what it's about. It's about these three women, African-American women in the sixties, and they're all geniuses. They're all like math wizards. Uh, one of them was, you know, finished high school when she was like 14. She was the first, uh, black woman ever or black student ever at the, at the university of West Virginia. And these women, they're called computers. Cause that's what they do. They compute things. They worked for NASA. And they were all called upon in each in their own special way to help the Mercury astronauts get into space. Alan B. Shepard, Gus Grissom, uh, John Glenn, especially that, that was the one uh, the one mission that they really kind of focused on. And these women were mathematicians and and they were computer. Ex- the first mainframe computer at IBM was run by one of these African-American women because she went in at night. She snuck into the computer lab and, and taught herself how to run the computer because she knew they would need someone to run it and you know why the hell shouldn't it be her but i'm watching this movie we took the kids because my wife said we should take the kids and it was very inspiring for several reasons number one it showed you know it showed typically historically the problems that uh in the 60s that you know uh african-americans colored people as they call them then colored water fountains colored section of the bus uh you know one of the the most poignant scenes and i know again i won't spoil anything is how this woman's working in nasa on the space program but she has to run a half mile to use the colored women's restroom and run a half mile back and it takes her 40 minutes every day just to go pee I mean, it was really, it was a well done movie, but the one thing that I loved most about this movie that I I think my kids got out of it and I made sure that I hammered out this point is that these women, uh, and all brilliantly acted acted too. these women, they didn't go in there and say, life is unfair. You need to give us a, B, C, and D. They went in there and said, uh, you know, we want a fair shake. We just want to be treated with the same, we want the same opportunities. And that's what civil rights, I think people oftentimes misunderstand civil rights or equality. You know, all men are created equal. All men are created equal doesn't mean that every millionaire should give away money until everyone has the same amount of money. It doesn't mean that everybody should get to go to the same college despite what their grade point average may be. It doesn't mean that everybody gets the same opportunity. It means that everybody gets the chance to work hard and put themselves in a position to have the same opportunity. And one woman in particular... Uh, I forget, I think Mary Jackson, I think her name was, she was a brilliant engineer, wanted to be a NASA engineer. No women, number one, had ever been NASA engineers. And of course, no African-American women had ever been a NASA engineers. And she went and she petitioned the court and she took night classes and she became the first black woman to be a NASA engineer. I mean, it was incredible. And the, the message that everybody should get from this movie is that, yeah, life isn't fair and there are things that, you know, there is discrimination and there was racism and there still is in a lot of places. But the, the, the thing you fight for is not gimme, gimme, gimme. It's I want the chance to prove myself and fight for these things as much as anyone else. And that's what this movie really illustrated. Every single one of these women went in and, and fought. There was another scene where she wanted to go to a Pentagon briefing. And, and the guy, what's the name? The guy, Bazinga, Bazinga. who's the guy, Bazinga from uh, the Big Bang Theory, which is ironic because in the Big Bang Theory, he plays like a rocket scientist genius. And in this movie, he also played a rock. It's like he totally typecasted. Uh, what's his name? Parsons, Jim Parsons. So Jim Parsons plays her boss, basically. 
And he says, no, you can't go into the briefing. And Kevin Costner, who plays both of their bosses, says, what's going on? And he says, she wants to come into the briefing, but no women are allowed in the Pentagon briefing. It's unprecedented. And she looks at Kevin Costner and says, so is sending a man into space and hurling him around the earth three times. So Kevin Costner says, come on in the meeting. And it turned out to be, it turned out to be a brilliant success, really entertaining, really well done. And really, if you have kids, totally take them. There's nothing violent about it. it. You know, you can have some great conversations. And I think that the themes about what it means to be racially equal are, are, are some of the most poignant and some of the most honest I've seen the <laughs> Sheldon. Yeah. The name, the name of the, um, uh, what was it? The name of the movie is called Hidden Figures. By the way, really a horrible name. I didn't like the name of the movie because I was I asked my wife again. I go, Hidden Figures. I don't I don't understand it. She goes, Well, there's this dichotomy because there are these hidden figures. There are these black women working at NASA. No one knew they existed, but they were there. And also, there's hidden figures in the math that's very complex to send men into space and yada yada. I'm like, Yeah, I get all that. I just don't understand why they chose that as the name of the movie because I think it's I think it's I think it's a stupid name for a movie. Great movie, dumb name. And my uh, my son chimes up from the back seat and said, They should just call it Space Ladies. <laughs> and I said, Yeah call it space ladies what's up space ladies anyway so that was part that was one oh yeah here we go ladies in space doing math now nah, you know what that's a, that's a dumb name too uh so anyway so here's the uh the second part of martin luther king day so i came home from the movie i was feeling all inspired and then i watched these clips of uh, martin luther king the third uh mlk 3.0 as i like to call him and he had a meeting with donald trump president-elect of trump tower now think about this Think about this. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day or Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And Martin Luther King Jr.'s son goes to visit Donald Trump. Just a few hours earlier, Donald Trump got into a Twitter war with uh, uh, with uh, oh, what's his name? The guy from Georgia. I always forget his name. Uh, hang on. George. Uh, he's from the Atlanta. He's a 50 year old civil rights icon. John Lewis, thank you, or Representative John Lewis. And he, John Lewis, and again, I don't want to seem like a child, and people are going to say this is a childish way for a president to act, but John Lewis started it. <laughs> John Lewis started it. He called Donald Trump. Um, he basically tweeted and said something like, Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. His presidency is illegitimate. Going back to the whole thing with the Russians and how the Russians are the ones who basically put Donald Trump in office because they hacked the election somehow. So John Lewis attacks Donald Trump and Don Donald Trump comes back and says, all talk, 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 no action. Why don't you go back to and fix your district, which is horrible because that's Donald Trump's go-to. Your district is horrible. You don't do anything. So people got all up in arms and they were all upset because this is a great civil rights icon. And he fought in Selma and he walked hand in hand and he got beaten by police and he spent 50 years in the Senate fighting for the rights of Georgians and Atlantan, Atlantans and black people all over the country. And he has the respect of so many of his colleagues. Uh, John, Jeff Sessions, for example, who's, you know, uh, Donald Trump's cho choice for attorney general. Okay, all that may be true. But now, for whatever reason, he's attacking Donald Trump's presidency. And the man who's about to take over the United States of America, a country that he's spent the last 50 years trying to bring together, he's now tearing apart by calling his presidency illegitimate for no reason. Because, again, there's absolutely no proof. The Russians cannot hack an election. All they did was uh, help WikiLeaks, or WikiLeaks will even deny it was the Russians. All that happened was WikiLeaks published Hillary Clinton's emails from John Podesta, and they had information that led Americans to think that she was a liar and a cheat, which, let's face it, she is. 
So they chose to either not vote for her or vote via the other way. But election machines uh, were unaffected. Election results were unaffected. You can't hack into these machines. A lot of them, I mean, they don't even... If, if I go in there and write down something on a ballot, nobody can control that uh, but me. Anyway, so he's attacking Donald Trump. Donald Trump attacks him back, and everyone goes crazy. It's it's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, and you're attacking John Lewis from Georgia. Well, so Martin Luther King III comes out of this meeting, and all the reporters want to talk to him about is John Lewis and Donald Trump attacking him via Twitter. But listen to what Martin Luther King Jr. the third has to say, MLK uh, 3.0. Listen to this guy, because... I want to see if you can tell me where we've heard all of this stuff before. Here's what he said uh, straight out of the gate. The goal is to bring America together and America. We, we are a great nation, but we must become a greater nation. What What is he saying there? What is he saying there? Who is he emulating there? Listen one more time. Yeah, you'll get it immediately. The goal is to bring America together and America. We, we are a great nation, but we must become a greater nation. We are a great nation nation we must become a greater nation we must make america greater we must make america great again he is he is echoing donald trump's sentiment for the last year and a half the same slogan the same campaign promise the same simple phrase that americans all over the country adopted to put donald trump into office martin luther king iii is now telling the press he basically came out wearing a red hat saying we have to make america great again the goal is to bring america together and america sweet we are a great nation but we must become a greater nation this is something that must have made barack obama i mean must have made his jaw drop must have made every, this is probably one of, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what was going on with John Lewis when he heard this, but the fact that MLK 3.0 comes out and quotes basically verbatim Donald Trump's slogan after a meeting with Donald Trump. It, it, first of all, it just goes to show that Donald Trump is more of a civil rights minded president than Barack Obama ever could have been or ever thought of being because Donald Trump and he, he basically says, let's make America great again for everybody. And he never segregates. He never separates people into different societies. He says, look, there's bad people and there's good people. We got to keep the bad people out. The good people are they're more than welcome to come here. They're more than welcome to stay. And he's talking not just about Americans, but non-Americans. And here you have Martin Luther King Jr.'s son on Martin Luther King Jr. Day saying, Donald Trump is right. We are a great country. We must be greater. Here's something else that's going to make the Democrats just, I mean, just totally disgusted. I think my father would be very concerned about the fact that they have 50 or 60 million people living in poverty. And somehow we've got to create the climate for all boats to be lifted. I th Poverty. I think my, listen to this. I think my father would be very concerned about the fact that there are 50 or 60 million people living in poverty. Okay, my father would be concerned that there are 50 or 60 million people living in poverty, many of them African-American, and we need to figure out a way to lift them out of poverty. We've got to figure out a way to make all of the boats rise. What? What you're hearing here is, again, the same campaign promises that Donald Trump has made over and over again. Make America rich again. Make America strong again. Make America great again. And now it's coming from the son of the most prominent civil rights leader this country has ever seen. Martin Luther King III. Saying the same exact thing Donald Trump has been echoing and that Barack Obama has been fighting him on, by the way. 
Barack Obama never said we need to end poverty. He said we need to take money from the rich and give it to the poor. He's basically saying we need to give you more handouts. He's saying all these rich people have all the money. Let's take it away from them and give it to you. That's not lifting people out of poverty. That's, you know, giving them a sandwich and a cell phone. You want to lift people out of poverty. You've got to work on the economy. You've got to work on trade. You've got to work on jobs. You've got to make sure that we have more money coming in, more businesses coming in, more technology, more job creation. We need to make sure that we have fewer government, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, you know, but I can't think of the word. Uh, but you need to make sure that we have less government interaction in business so that businesses can thrive. And then you're going to find that there's less poverty. And that's when people are really going to become equal. Here's what else he said. Hang on. Oh, wait, here. In America with a multi-trillion dollar economy, $20 trillion almost, it's, it's insanity that we have poor people in this nation. That's unacceptable. Yeah, it's insanity that we have poor people in this nation, which he's right about. He is right about that. $20 trillion economy. He, there should be no poor people. There's so much money in the United States of America, but where does it all go? Well, a lot of it goes to your taxes, number one. And when you make a, this much money and this much of it goes to taxes, you're not nearly as rich as you think you are. And for a lot of people, they don't work as hard. In fact, they settle for jobs where they only make this much because they lose less money. And when you have businesses that are being taxed out the yin-yang, guess what happens? Eh, you don't want to do business in the United States because you can go to Ireland or you can go to Mexico or you can go anywhere else where you get massive tax breaks for setting up shop. India, for example. With this much money in this country, it's ridiculous. There should be no poverty. But the problem is that the government is taking it all and they're spending it on stupid stuff. Here's someone else. Here's here's how we wrapped it all up. Things get said on both sides in the heat of emotion. Oh, this is when I should preface this. This is when they were they asked him because they were really upset. I mean, the press isn't stupid. Okay, yes, they are. But they they realize he's praising Donald Trump and Donald Trump's agenda. They realize he came out and said, Donald Trump is right. We're great. We need to be greater. We need to make more money. The economy is number one. With all this money, there should be no poverty. They realize that MLK 3.0 is on the same side as Donald Trump, and it's scaring the ever-living daylights out of them because that doesn't resonate with their message. So they go back to the whole feud with uh, John Lewis, and they're trying, and they're basically, uh, the Drudge Report said they basically are begging MLK 3.0 to attack Donald Trump, and he won't do it. Things get said on both sides in the heat of emotion. Look at, okay, now not only is he not attacking Donald Trump for saying that uh, John Lewis is all talk and no action, he's also blaming John Lewis for starting it by saying things, things are said on both sides. Things get said on both sides. So he's saying John Lewis started this mess and Donald Trump just finished it. And then here's how he wraps that up. Hold on. I'm going to figure this out when here we go. Things get said on both sides in the heat of emotion. And uh, at some point, this nation, we, we've got to move forward. We can't stay on. I mean, people are literally probably dying. We need to be talking about how do we feed people? How do we clothe people? How do we create the best education system? That's what we need to be focused on. That's exactly right. That's exactly what we need to be focused on. We need to be focused on education, clothing people, feeding people, getting them jobs. But what's John Lewis from Georgia focused on? He's focused on not attending the inauguration because he still thinks that Russia hacked in somehow and Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. Well, I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter because come Friday, he's going to be the only president we have. 
And whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or an agnostic or a conservative or a Seventh-day Adventist, I don't, you don't even care. Whatever your political philosophy, he's going to be the only president this country has. And if you really want to help people, black people, white people, poor people, rich people, people in your district, people in someone else's district, if you really want to get your job done, the first thing to do is to realize that. Stop claiming someone's illegitimate. Stop claiming that they're not, you know, that they've been put in place by the Russians and realize that you've got a job to do. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Get out of the way so Donald Trump can do it. And then in two years or four years or six years or whenever you come up for re-election, we can boot your ass out. And thanks to Ted Cruz and Ron DeSantis, we're going to put in some term limits. So let's face it, this may be your last chance to get anything done anyway. John Lewis is a great guy, but he is also one of the reasons that term limits are a necessity. And all these other people skipping the inauguration, they are just, they are speed bumps, okay? But <laughs> they're speed bumps that Donald Trump has to roll over uh, on his way to fulfilling his agenda. But guess what? He just got a humongous Cadillac with bulletproof reinforced wheels. He's going to have no problem rolling over all these speed bumps on the way to Capitol Hill. All right. Uh, one second. And then we're going to, I want to talk, I want to read some of your letters because I got some phen phenomenal letters. Uh, but first of this. But oh, you know what? No, let's get into it. Here we go. Uh, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of email, and I'll get some of your comments too. I got a lot of email, and one that I wanted to share with you. A bunch of it was just, "Hey, where's the podcast today? Hey, where's the broadcast today? Why are you taking the day off?" And I'm like, "Sorry, it's a, it's a holiday." Uh, but here's one that I got in particular. This is from Amber Early Wine, which is my favorite time for wine, by the way, early and also late and also. Right on time. I love wine anytime. Uh, but she wrote, would you for uh, would love for you to explain why all these people think Trump is get going to get impeached and thrown in jail at the inauguration, please and thank you. Okay. The same reason people think Donald Trump is going to get is going to get impeached at the inauguration, those are the same people that are trying to throw uh, butyric acid into the deplorable. These are the same people that are paying homeless men and women to go and start fist fights at Trump rallies. These are the same people that are organizing marches all over Washington, D.C. These are the same people that create videos in Hollywood saying, uh, not my president, not our president. I will survive. These people are morons and idiots and stupid. And they, re they, they attack with words and they try to put ideas in your head that could never happen. Donald Trump cannot be impeached at the inauguration because he hasn't done anything impeachable as president. In fact, it's very difficult for a president to be impeached. It's only happened twice. Once was Andrew Johnson. Once was, of course, our good friend Bill Clinton. And if you think about how many men have been threatened with impeachment, how many impeachment hearings have, have, have gone on, you realize that impeachment is not a word to be thrown around lightly. Also, it's not going to happen because impeachment requires the House of Representatives. And the House of Representatives is led up by Paul Ryan, somebody who... May not be the biggest Trump fan, but realizes that impeaching a sitting president in your party is a death sentence for your party's political hold on Washington, D.C. And Paul Ryan is not the smartest man ever, but he's definitely not stupid. And he realizes that he needs Donald Trump and he needs Republican stronghold and he needs all of those millions of people. He needs Wisconsin. And, and Michigan and Pennsylvania in four years so he can continue to get his agenda recorded. So it's all talk. It's all hogwash. It's all, it's all basically fake news. 
That's my favorite clip, by the way. I'm going to just, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear that from me. If you watch the show or listen to it, you're going to hear it. Uh, you're going to hear it a lot. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, there was another email I wanted to share with you. This one was really funny. This one, this guy was really mad at me. This was uh, my show on Sunday night because I do a radio show on Sunday night on WOKV in uh, Jacksonville, WDBO in Orlando, HIO in Ohio and KRMG in Tulsa. And after the show, this guy wrote, I talked about the circus and he wrote uh, the subject line, as you can see, there is you. Which immediately got my attention because I'm my favorite subject. Uh, comments. You are an idiot. Your comment about Democrats caused PETA to shut down elephant acts is ridiculous. If you don't feel that a sitting president has the right to give out awards or medals as he feels is pointless, you are a low-life individual who, just like P.T. Barnum, who tries to make money spreading your ridiculous lies around, grow a set of balls. You, well, I'm not going to read the rest because it's, it's fake news. Uh, but basically, first of all, I'd like to point one thing out. I don't make any money doing this. Okay. This is not, this is not my day job. And I do this for, I'm at home. I paid for this wood. I paid for this camera. This is all uh, for, for uh, kicks and giggles. Number two, the fact that the liberals shut down the circus is 100% true. There's no denying that. There's no, I, okay. Let me go back and, cause I talked about the story because the circus is near and dear to my heart. Near, I love the circus. For 10 years, every single year, I've been the celebrity guest ringmaster when the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus rolls through Jacksonville. And this is the first year I actually won't be able to do it because I'm headed to the inauguration. And it also happens to be the last year because on Sunday, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey announced after 146 years in existence that they will be shutting down their operations. 146 years. I don't know if you realize this, circus haters and Democrats and liberals, but the circus is one of the most successful and longest running American corporations in the history of this country. It's almost as old as this country itself. You can't find in the Fortune 500, you can't find another company that has been around nearly as long as the circus. 146 years of existence. And it was shut down by the liberals, by people for the ethical treatment of animals, by everyone who ever went out and chained themselves to the circus gates and tried to scare kids as they went in to see the clowns and whatnot. Because for years, for years, the circus came under attack for the way they treated elephants. I mean, everybody knows the circus now. P.T. Barnum, and again, I talked about how in high school I played P.T. Barnum, and as in, uh, I was brilliant at it, by the way. But as as part of the as part of the backstory, as part of my training, my my thespianic training, I, I researched the guy, and the guy was brilliant. He was a marketing genius. He came up with all sorts of marketing uh, systems that we still use today, like samples. The whole. Circus on the train, you know, the way that he transported the circus. The reason circus trains are a thing is because he realized it was the cheapest way to get from town to town. And he actually bought his own train. Then he was like, all right, we got to figure out a way to get all these elephants and giraffes and clowns and things from the train to where we're going to pitch the tent. And he said, you know what? Let's have a parade. And you guys can juggle and we can walk the elephants down the street. And it'll be a great way to give people just a taste just a taste of what we do here. And then they're going to want to go see the whole thing. And this was a new idea. So P.T. Barnum would walk all of his acts, the acrobats and the tightrope artists and the Chinese guys who threw each other in the air and Tom Thumb and Jumbo the Elephant. He would walk them down the street every time they went to a new city and people flocked 
flocked to the circus because they wanted to, they got a taste of it. And this is one of the biggest marketing uh, tools that we still use today. Every time you go to the mall and you walk by Cinnabon and they've got a platter of little Cinnabon pieces and they go, you want to try a sample? They got that from the circus. And the circus has for 146 years employed thousands of people. There are thousands, of, there are three circuses that travel, and this is just the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, that travel the uh, United States constantly. And they have hundreds of acts, they have hundreds of support staff, they uh, hire truck drivers, they uh, rent space in all of these uh, fantastic amphitheaters and coliseums all over the country, they pay marketing dollars, they buy ad radio advertising dollars and newspapers, they put so many people to work. But because some Democrats and some liberals and some animal lovers thought that these elephants were being mistreated, they for years pounded away, pounded away, pounded away, shutting down the circus. The elephants need to be released. Stop with the elephants. And they started getting legislation passed. And last year, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey had to come out and say, we are retiring all 11 of our elephants. They said they released them into the wild. So if you see an elephant running around wild, it's because of that. They released the elephants. They said they'll no longer be part of our show. And the reason is because so many places passed legislation claiming that exotic animals could not be used in performances. Asheville, North Carolina, the, the mothership of liberalism. People think it's Vermont. It's not. It's Asheville, North Carolina, one of the most liberal places in the entire world. They are the mothership beacon, and they were one of the first people to pass really don't, you know, it, it was it was legislation that basically crushed the circus. They could no longer perform in Asheville if they had the elephants and the tigers and whatnot. So they cut ties with the elephants. That was one year ago today. And ticket sales and interest and pre-orders and audience attendance. <laughs> After a hundred and 46 years, one of the most successful, profitable. Do you know how many jobs the Democrats just destroyed? They talk about creating jobs, job creation. They just destroyed thousands of jobs for people. People who, I mean, have, listen to this. The circus way back when, okay, yeah, it was a freak show. But for a lot of these quote unquote freak show acts, they wouldn't have gotten a job elsewhere. In fact, they probably would have just lived a life getting picked on and berated and they wouldn't have been able to work anywhere. But Tom Thumb and the Bearded Lady and Jenny Lynn, all these other acts, they found work and meaning and they became superstars nationwide thanks to the circus. I mean, you can't you can't go on Craigslist and find an ad for a troop of, you know, guys who roll around in a, a spherical ring on motorcycles. You know, it, it's very tough for 19 Chinese acrobatic cousins to find work in this or any other country. This is I mean, this is a sad day. So that's where my comments about the uh, circus came from. Gary didn't like them, of course. Uh, but and, you know, Gary, you don't. Here's the thing. You don't actually have to like my show. You don't have to listen to it. But rest assured, the reason that the circus is no longer in existence, the reason that Feld Entertainment is shutting it down after 146 years of consecutive shows serving America, the reason for that is because the Democrats passed legislation that basically forced them uh, to look at their business model and say it's no longer viable. So if your kids, like mine, are sad that the circus is gone, if they're sad today that they can't go see their favorite acts and watch the elephants and, you know, ride around and, and see the Pegasus or any of the other daredevil acts, see the clowns who just, those clowns that went to clown college, all they wanted to do was bring a smile to your face and the face of, of children all over the country. But the Democrats don't want you to smile. 
they don't want you to have fun. Not at the not while elephants are involved. And so if your kids say, Mommy, Daddy, can we go to the circus this year? You're going to have to tell them, no, there is no more circus. And when they say, why not? I'd like you to say, well, because of the Democrats. And if your kids are like mine, they'll look back at you and say, I hate Democrats. And then you'll know that your job as a parent has been accomplished. Bravo. All right, listen, a couple of comments quickly, then I have to get going. Uh, You did this for free? Yes, Kevin, I do. Hello, Mark. Uh, my boys haven't been to the circus. So you actually have to till the, the end of this year. Their last show is going to be in May. So listen, if you haven't yet been to the circus, if you have kids that and you want them to experience the circus, then what you need to do is you need to take them this year because after, the, after that, it's going to be all gone. Leah Maywart, the Democrat icon is a donkey and Republican icon is the elephant. Don't think I didn't think of that too. It's their way of getting back at us for winning the election. All right, listen, folks, please, please, for the love of God, download the podcast on iTunes and leave me a great review. The link is right there. Uh, I need as many as I can get so that we can we can jump to the new and noteworthy. That's where we're really going to get some attention. That's where we're really going to get things done. That's where we're really going to uh, you know accomplish everything we want to do. And in this day and age, we need as many people listening to this and sharing with us as we can. Also, don't forget, if you want the 12017 t-shirt, it's only available till Friday. It's only available till Friday. Then we take it down because, well, that's when the inauguration is. It's a limited edition t-shirt. And now you can get yours by clicking that other link there in the comments as well at Teespring. A lot of people are ordering these Teespring t-shirts that I put up and they're loving it. I'm going to wear... I'm going to wear my latest one that I made uh, tomorrow so you can watch that. Please like me on Facebook if you don't already. Again, share this with everybody. And thank you guys so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, My name is Mark K. This is the Mark K Show. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, God bless America.